0: hello everyone welcome to season five of a lawyer and a policy analyst walk into a bar it's been some time off but we're coming back strong with a brand new episode this is episode one as always, I'm the lawyer, Jared Cummings.
1: And I'm Delano Souza, the policy analyst, and it's been a while. We have
0: been through a lot.
1: <laughs> a a lot, lot has been happening. We,
0: um, yeah, since our last episode, know a lot has happened. Um, yeah, but yeah,
1: and we've been promising to be back since the start of June, but so many things have been happening that we've just not had the time to get together and get this podcast out for you. But we promise okay. we're back and we're going to be ringing out episodes uh, for the foreseeable future. <laughs> (laughs) At least until we finish season five. (laughs) And then we take our little yeah, a little break again. So what are we discussing today, Jadik?
0: Yeah, the landing today, this one, we are kinda asking a question. No jab, no job, you know, and we're gonna explore vaccine labor policy across the region and as you know it's something that's been very topical especially recently i would say in the past few weeks we've seen a lot of discourse from different persons across the region lawyers um some prime ministers and so forth as uh, they try to get persons to take the vaccine and as you know as that's becoming more prevalent now so yeah it's been something that's come up a lot so we just thought that we would you know give it our our little bit of um you know zest and flair and see how we could um discuss this topic
1: yeah i mean for sure because i mean the last episode we did in in season four, was you know to jab or not to jab we were discussing yeah, exactly, whether or not you yeah. should get vaccinated and so now this is a good pick back up for season five because we, we now asking, you know, now that the vaccine has been rolled out across the Caribbean and globally really now so the question has become as we're trying to reopen our economies and try to get um to, to make up for some of the contraction or the economic contractions we would have seen during 2020 I think the average uh um, economic contraction across the region is you know between 15 and 20 percent. And so on, and that's a big chunk of your GDP loss in 2020. And so now, Mm, as we try to open back the economy, the question now arises. You know, is it okay for employers to mandate that employees be vaccinated? And that's really what we're going to touch on today.
0: Yeah, definitely. And you know, it's something like that I was saying, something that we discussed on previous episodes as well. And uh, everything that's come about since COVID nineteen, there have been a lot of legal challenges, and you know, different ways that we try to look to maneuver the legal landscape in the wake of COVID nineteen on this podcast as well you know from talking about lockdowns and curfews quarantines you know mandatory testing we even did the episode mm-hmm. where we talked about the closure of ports and you know other areas in an island stuff like that you know so you know we saw the effects the the daily effects of how this thing has played out and uh, like we said now in terms of employment labor laws that's something that's really come to the fore in light of these vaccines coming out so you know these employment considerations crept in and uh, now employers they're asking the question i think a lot of them are trying to see if they could take a heavy-handed approach and probably just start to terminate persons um, and mm-hmm. that as well might be based on some of their own internal beliefs that they believe that everybody should be vaccinated. And uh, they might be saying, well, this is my way of, you know, making sure that persons around me are vaccinated. If I could at least control my office, make sure my staff, that everybody is vaccinated, then that's that. But as we will discuss, you can't just take a heavy handed approach like that. Um,
1: <laughs> I will sure those some of the Prime Minister then so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah,
0: I mean, you know, we're seeing our, our Prime Minister here. Um, you know, who was, I think you said that, you know, it could be done. Um, I think that's his position that, that employers have the right to terminate if the employees don't get vaccinated. I think we've seen some discourse about time barbiers as well. And, you know, other lawyers, labor union um, leaders and so forth saying, no, that's, that's not the case. I mean, you can't just terminate just like that. So, you know, but here we are. So it's not something new per se, because on a larger scale, you know, we have seen something. That person's called the vaccination passport, you know. You have to be vaccinated in order to do XYZ. And uh, mm-hmm. in terms of well, you know, I fully vaccinated
1: and everywhere I work on the showing people face, fully
0: vaccinated, bro. I
1: mean I didn't dance. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what they say now is waxed and vaxxed. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's oh, but... Yeah, I, I waxed. I vaxxed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: but we all get just as I said, we all get like a, a card with photo and so.
1: No, we haven't gotten that yet. Um, for Barbados, we got, um, the, of course, the the vaccination card, and we got the certificate emailed to us. But just this week, um, the government announced that they now have a digital certificate which they're rolling out. So I'm waiting to get mine. They're supposed to email the new set with barcodes and so on and there. So I'm waiting mm-hmm. to get that to see what, what exactly that it entails. But they have a new one that they're rolling out currently.
0: Okay, I hope we get. I hope we get something digital so we could just you know pull up on our phones and show us and, and actually log but, into. Yeah something that's you know legitimate i saw
1: the bahamas has a really nice one like it's almost like an id card but it has the um the qr code that you can scan the name and the picture and so, so to me so far um has the best one um that right. i've seen in the region um but yeah
0: yeah i've seen i think we are supposed to get one with an id card with our picture on it and so forth but i'm not sure if there's any kind of once it they laminated bro <laughs> <laughs> no it's supposed to be a proper a proper one um <laughs> like our national ID and so but, um, but yeah, so, you know, like, as, as we were saying, um, you know, this is not something uncommon in, uh, in employment, right, in, the, in that field, like we've seen for international agencies and workers across the world, diplomats and so, in order to work in certain countries, you have to be vaccinated, right, so, you know, you know your usual malaria, yellow fever, and things like that, and persons don't kick up, persons don't make a fuss, because that's just something that's, you know, commonplace and expected, so it's not something new, per se, But obviously, I think the reason why it's um, getting so much attention now is because obviously they're trying to make it affect everyone, like every employer, every employee, no matter where you're working. um, Once you're at the job, you must get vaccinated. Mm -hmm. So that's where the discussion comes up. That's where the the trouble comes up, right? So I think when you look at this as well, a broader discussion that um, sometimes creeps in is the entire discourse on mandatory or compulsory vaccinations by country now most countries around the world they do not mandate the taking of vaccines but what we see they might as well
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and that might you know that would alleviate a lot of problems to employers as we would see mm. coming on later but at the understand that's not the case you're not required by law to be vaccinated but what we see in a lot of countries is uh kind of de facto mandatory program of sorts in mm-hmm. that's in the sense that persons can't receive certain state benefits without proof of vaccination mm-hmm. or you know you'd impose fines on child care centers and health care centers things like that in some so countries we
1: mm, so we ain't telling you you have to do it but if you ain't do it we are really dealing with you now we ain't really exactly don't, yeah. don't, don't so check I mean, for you if you, you the vaccinated well, you know, that, that yeah. the result,
0: you know? <laughs> unless you want to live off the grid totally that's that the kind of idea so even in australia i think in 2015 they had a thing called no jab no pay and that essentially was that you could not get um, certain family allowance welfare payments unless members of your family were vaccinated and that actually led to a significant increase in the vaccination rates by 2018 so for them you know they're saying yes this paid off this way of kind of making you take the vaccine is paying off and um you know other countries have it you know for argentina like I said, there's, you require proof of vaccination just to get simple things. Your marriage certificate, your your um your ID, passports, simple stuff like that. So pretty much if you I, want to be a function member of society... Because I feel... <laughs> yes, I yeah, I was about to as say, because
1: well. I think that's... Yeah, I thought you had mentioned school. Right? I, said, I like mm-hmm. if there's a Caribbean thing too. I remember... I mean, having to show my my vaccination card, my immunization exactly. card, and so on. I think I I don't remember the case in 10 minutes if it's mandatory, but I certainly remember seeing discussions on Twitter that say, "Listen, if you want to go into." a lot of these schools because i think the difference is some of the schools are like a greater percentage of schools in some of the other caribbean countries are private institutions so they're almost subject to um like almost different rules compared to a public system where they kind of you know they, they, they're less stringent and things like that so i'm not sure but i know i've seen a lot of discussions across the region that saying listen if you're not vaccinated you can't come school
0: yeah 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 so that that's the thing i mean that's that's i think even in public schools here like you're required to show that immunization and again there's no Fuss about it, you know, you just comply because it seems normal now. You know, we've been doing it for so many decades, for so long that mm-hmm. nobody's gonna fuss about that. And, um, but yeah, for just for school, so that's the way that they achieve, um, you know, you have to show your vaccination for your normal things when you, when a child is born, you know, mumps and, and rubella and, you know, these things. And obviously, that's to protect the other students, protect the teachers. And that's the kind of argument that persons are saying, that employers are saying that, you know, we need to protect our staff, we need to protect everybody else, we need to protect our customers, clients. Etc. So you need to be vaccinated, but um, and I think that is the that's the logic that I think at least our prime minister was saying that you know the employers you have a duty to to protect the workplace and so. But we kind of get back into that a bit later in the discussion. Mm-hmm. But um when you look at the USA, when we're just talking about the mandatory vaccinations across the United States the you know supreme court in america actually ruled that it would not be unconstitutional and there are certain cases that actually discuss that and uh, you know there's a seminal quote that kind of lives or or keeps cropping up in these cases that real liberty for all cannot exist if each individual is allowed to act without regard to the injury that his or her actions might cause others liberty is constrained by law so (laughs) that is the that is the quote that keeps cropping up and they're saying hey you know like we must have these laws in place to protect everyone and, you know that's that's as long as you want to be a part of a society it can't just be a free for all you can't just do what you want because yeah it's a free country you have no more no, be I'm shocked thing. By laws. yeah you know it's easy, you know it's from the simplest of laws it's the reason why you you know you wear your seatbelts you know why you're no, um,
1: what about in the caribbean and sojadic has 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 these has any of these things ever gone into court
0: that i've seen and i as far as i know it's untested before the court this kind of thing so and there's no legislation as well which mandates vaccination so before the court in terms of legislation there's you know there's nothing in place as far as i'm aware in the united kingdom as well um for for saint vincent we've had a recent amendment to our public health act our 1977 act yeah So we had an amendment last year when COVID came up. I think a lot of countries did decide to amend their relevant public health um, pieces of legislation. And uh, there's actually a a section that allows the chief medical officer to, upon recommendation, um, recommend to the minister of health after declaring an emergency that there is a voluntary immunization program to take place in St. Vincent or any part of St. Vincent and that's section 43 b to a so about, again it says voluntary so even though there is a, an immunization program that's um, recommended to be in place in St. Vincent or any part of St. Vincent it's still a voluntary program and that's I think the closest thing that I've seen in terms of any kind of legislation mentioning about uh, persons needing, needing to be you know, to be vaccinated mm-hmm. there is another section which I found kind of interesting in that the same public health act the amendment 2020 under section 27 it says that the minister may order a general immunization program in st vincent now again it doesn't define what general immunization program is but i would take it to, to mean that it's voluntary as well but that section 27u it falls under um the offensive section in that any person who contravenes commits an offence. Any person who contravenes that section commits an offence. So it's it's kind of a weird reading, which I Yeah, I because I was about to say, to say
1: if it's voluntary, how, yeah. how how do I contravene if it's my decision to say well whether or not I want to do it or not? So when you said that I was like, hold on, that's the matts in matts in, as we would say.
0: Yeah, yeah so in my reading of it, I don't know how the draft is interpreted, but twenty seven U is caught under that offences provision in that if you contravene, you commit. Um, an offense so I don't know how they would actually treat with that but that's a quote of thing like I said that I've seen in Vincent and grandines I'm not sure if other um, jurisdictions have legislation that kind of speak to that but from a legislative standpoint I think that's where we are at least in the region in Vincent and grandines um but in Barbadas and well I mean everywhere else as well but I think in Barbados, especially because they brought on board some some uh, Recently, I think they had some discrimination legislation come into play. So I think a lot of persons have been looking to that and safety and health, health at work legislation. I think persons have been looking at to say, well, based on this, you cannot terminate. And, um, you know, it's, it's still a choice of the employee to be vaccinated or not. And to, to, to an extent, I think that that position obtains in St. Vincent and in a lot of the other jurisdictions as well. Because a lot of the debate comes when you when you look at it, it has to come under discrimination versus unfair dismissal versus the duties imposed on employers. And uh, again, like I said earlier, I think that's where um, our prime minister and others in favour of the persons in favour of it, in saying that employers can. Um, terminate an employee if they're not vaccinated, I think it comes from that bit where they say that, you know, there's certain legislation in place, certain safety and health at work legislation that you could call them, like OSHA and so which says that, you know, you must um, create a safe work environment and, uh, you know, under common law as well as a general duty of care, right? And you have a duty to ensure the safety and health of employees and ensure that they're not exposed to, you know, anything deleterious to the health and, you know, some specify this in respect of pregnant women as well i think in our osha act you said that you, you can't expose a pregnant woman to anything that may be harmful to a newborn but i think when you look at that it's more in terms of uh, occupational diseases and um, things that you find things that are, things that are born in the workplace um you know if you work with chemicals if there's mm, it, asbestos feeling, in mm-hmm. yeah that kind of mm-hmm. thing um interestingly i think the uk in their equivalent to to osha they actually have COVID-19 they amended some regulations to include COVID-19 as an occupation really city. that's
1: interesting yeah
0: we haven't but um I think in the UK they have but again it um, But I mean I,
1: right? I could see, I could see it there Jadrick I could see the link yeah because if a situation where I'm working I don't get my vaccine or uh, you know I have, I'm vaccinated and of course we know that the vaccine does not prevent transmission of the disease or the virus right i mean how i feel i don't take my vaccine i do my part and you come in there with your slackness you in taking no a vaccine and washing your hand you in doing in taking the precautions and so on and putting me at risk and i think from that perspective i almost feel like yes the the employers should try to ensure as as, as much as possible that you know their overall staff is 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 sort is of put in an environment or it's not put in an environment where they where, where their health might be jeopardized and that's not just in terms of 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 the the i mean let's let me be honest we like all right to believe that our employers are altruistic and they're thinking about their employees however think about i mean i'm thinking about barbados for example we just had a breakout at, at one of the manufacturing uh, manufacturing places or manufacturing jobs um in in Barbados and and that obviously has affected production that has meant that they've had to close they've had to send home you know staff are being impacted and so so there's an there's an economic bottom line it's not that persons are getting sick and you can just say if there's a breakout at my factory for example as an employer it affects my bottom line and it actually affects and if you think about it from an economic standpoint it actually affects my ability to continue to employ people because if it is yeah. that my business is being shut down and I'm not generating any income, then it might come a situation where I had a leg of staff.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you know, and consumer confidence as well. If they find out that yeah. this establishment, you know, there was a breakout day. Like you don't want to
1: go. I see in tweets now people in Barbados asking for the name of the place because they right. wanna know where not to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, and I think initially, like last year, and so when, you know, it would crop up um, COVID-19, you would see a case in certain workplaces, would be like, okay, I ain't going back there for the next you know, few weeks, I'm going back daily for the next month. And I mean, it, it's natural. So, like you say, employers, I think, would be considering that as well. And I think for a lot of them, maybe they would say, boy, we need to ensure that everyone vaccinated. And that's something that factors into the whole thought process. But later on i think you know we'd see that there also needs to be some practical considerations that employers would have to make if they even want to venture down that road um but you know interestingly the when i was looking at this i was looking at the, the 1977 act for saint vincent there's a section in there section 48 which you know it ties into this whole thing i mean it's not in relation to covid 19 but it actually states that every person shall be guilty of an offense who employs or continues to employ any person suffering from any venereal disease. And you
1: mean like a mention? Sorry, <laughs> a little word just came to my mind, bro. Sorry, i venereal. Anyhow, go ahead, go ahead, bro. You know, and,
0: um, that's in in, um, in relation to to employees who who have to deal with children or work with food, handle utensils, that kind of thing. And I just found that very interesting because I never knew about that before. I never heard about it. I don't know if that section has been repealed. I don't think so. But I just found that very interesting because it brings up something, it brings up a question that our persons have in the first place. Is and my employer even ask about my, you know, medical records about um, my health like that, you know, about yeah, tests and things like that, right? Um, in terms of asking about tests that they've done or even their health if it's not related to their job, um, I don't think they can. But for vaccinations. That would, under certain legislation, that would escape it because the vaccination isn't about you know isn't an illness and it's not hmm, a test. It's preventative
1: something. But right. then, but then, Jarek, my my next question would be, and I don't know if you plan to cover it a little bit later, is we're speaking about vaccination but can we mandate testing i know for example the government of st vincent and the grenadines has put forward this this policy where they're saying listen if you're unvaccinated you have to be te- whether you have to be tested for covid 19 at least once a week or twice a week or something like that i mean obviously the government has gone forward with it so i'm assuming it's legal or is it is it that it just has not been challenged in the court
0: uh yeah it's not something I've, I've looked into um but because i know that they've passed Especially our updated or the amendments that they've made to our 77 Act, there might be something in there because obviously, well, not obviously, in terms of employers and employees, but just in terms of the protection of the public. And so there are certain steps that can be taken to ensure that persons uh, get tested uh, if it's believed that they might be exposed to COVID 19. And these kinds of amendments have been brought into that Act. So it might be under that that employers can and kind of require testing in that
1: that was going to be my next question my next question i mean the government has done it but i haven't heard of any private employer who has so i was wondering if it i mean obviously if it applies to the government it should apply to our private employers the ability to you know the ability to mandate that okay yeah you don't want to get vaccinated fine that's you but if you're coming into this workplace then you have to be tested periodically to ensure that, you know, you're not exposed to the virus and you're not exposing other staff members as well as consumers and, the, I mean, the general public. And, and I think that, for me, I, I mean, it's part of the whole narrative. I think, at least from the government perspective, I think that's part of trying to persuade persons to get vaccinated because they're saying, listen, I I just had the test recently. Well, last week I had, I had to do a COVID-19 test. Yeah? And it don't mean mm-hmm. no sweet bread. I've had this test mostly yeah. 10 times now and every time I have the test, it's, it's still uncomfortable yeah. i can't imagine having to do that test every two days so i think that's yeah, exactly. part of the push to try to not say that you have to get vaccinated but i mean the end result is that people are going to feel like okay i can't do this test every day let me just get vaccinated and judged.
0: yeah 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 exactly that's part of the incentive incentive i mean i've never been tested i've never had the test obviously i've just seen persons take it. it doesn't look pleasant at all but yeah that's part of the incentive and in you know get vaccinated and avoid having to do this test every other week or every week or what what have you but um whether private employees can employers can force it or mandate it i am not sure i mean I, like i said i think it might creep in there in terms of you know general protecting the public from the disease because if they have reason to believe that you've exposed yourself to it then you know, you should get tested to ensure that you don't spread it to staff and to customers clients etc um you know, like i said that's a lot that's the crux of the argument in terms of getting vaccinated or maybe you know those in favor of saying that the employers have the right to terminate an employee if they refuse to be vaccinated so you know that's that's where we are but i think that um a lot of it as well like i was saying you know what is common is that various bits of legislation in terms of protection of employment um protection employment acts across the region and so forth to provide that dismissals for employees refuse to employees who refuse to take the vaccine you know what you have to consider is whether or not a dismissal is you know for just cause you know a good cause as I say or fair and you know ultimately it'll be up to employment tribunals and the court to determine what is fair you know per, per se but when you say that I'm dismissing you because you refuse to be vaccinated, and you're putting other staff in jeopardy. You're putting customers in jeopardy. You're putting the, the, the health of you know, the general public in jeopardy. When looking at fairness, I think what would be considered is the fact that for the whole of 2020 and it's so not 2021, there was no vaccine, yet you are working. You know, there, you, you put things in place. You put measures in place. You had these protocols, and these protocols are still in place in a large jurisdictions. You still have to wear masks outside. You still have to you know, sanitize and these kinds of things. But,
1: but I mean to be fair, to be fair, Jadrick, I think part of the push though, and and, and just to be devil advocate a little bit, yeah. You're saying that they were working all during 2020, but they were working with reduced capacities and so on. I think ultimately employers want to get back to life. They want to be able to staff and, and have consumers in and so on, because a lot of um a lot of businesses were operating below capacity and therefore it was impacting their profitability and so part mm-hmm. of the push to getting persons vaccinated particularly in the, in the hospitality and tourism sector i mean you don't want to be that hotel that just opened back and one of your one of your um your staff members are there's a breakout at your hotel that has implications all the way through yeah so i in those instances i'm not quite sure if it's fair to say like you know those those protocols are still in place and so you were working then because the reality is a lot of these a lot of these um businesses a lot of these um, these businesses and hotel and, and hospitality were not operating.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, that's 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 another side of the argument as well. Because when you're looking at fairness on a whole, you would say, "Well, I mean, we have been operating at a reduced capacity, like you say, and we've had these things in place. Which, I mean, who's to say that we need to keep it up, or that they will be in place forever?" so whereas you might say well this is how life has been for over a year and we've been fine so it's unfair to dismiss somebody because we refuse to be vaccinated especially in light of the fact that the vaccine does not prevent contracting COVID-19 just prevents the severity at which you suffer or you know um, get diseases from it is it fair to say well you must be dismissed and uh, you know it's 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 one thing it, i mean it's untested it's something that i think would be interesting to see before the courts mm. but i i think in in theory in theory it's it's possible to mandate that vaccination for the health and safety requirement like others have been saying, to protect the employee themselves and those around mm. them in theory it, it could be uh, reasonable right but you know why i say in theory is because again it depends on certain bits of legislation um, in certain jurisdictions because there could be more of an onus that's placed on the employer to report to report and do certain things in terms of if it may be regarded or considered as a, an occupational disease and things like that. If it is, then directly right then and there, there's more of an onus on the employer to say, well, I must protect my staff. And in that sense, it might be seen as you know more fair to dismiss an employee who refuses to be vaccinated.
1: Mm, so, and, and that point, Je, I, I, I have two points. Well, the first one is in terms of fairness, obviously we're talking about vaccination. What about those countries where vaccination isn't readily available or hasn't been rolled out to the masses? I know, for example, yep, yep. In, Barb- in Barbados, when we first started, I, I, I couldn't get vaccinated because they were focusing on the elderly and the, those with um, um NTDs and so on and, and, and comorbidities. And so. so those those sort of things, they, they were focusing on those sort of individuals. So it wasn't being rolled out. Even now today, I read that they're actually suspending first jobs um, and, and, and prioritizing the second jobs. And so so then where, where do I stand if I haven't gotten vaccinated, but the government is saying we're putting a pause or we're slowing down the rate at which we're, we're offering first doses? You know, how, how can my employer then dismiss me when that avenue isn't isn't available to me? So that's one element. And and for me, um, I, I think I'm losing my train of thought. So I don't know if you want to respond to that. And then I, when I, when I, when one catch me, I'll come back
0: yeah no you're absolutely right and that's something that um i had down, and others have have um, put forward to say well you know it's a practical consideration like as you say there are persons who have yet to access the vaccine and that's just because whether or not you know based on your jurisdiction there might be an age-limiting factors where they're you know um saving it or reserving it for elderly persons things like that um the country itself might not have received enough vaccines to cover the entire working population so how can you say it's you know it's um fair that it's me when i've not even had the opportunity to take it so that's what i'm saying like i think a lot of employers should not have a heavy-handed approach in this and saying just run with it and say yeah boy i could fire this person because they haven't gotten vaccinated yet Mm, hey vaccinated
1: long time and and that's the thing to it Mm
0: jarek it's one of those practical considerations another Mm. thing that you might want to consider is whether or not you know like when it's no longer free or when the government is no longer covering the cost of this like who is going to pay for this if you're going to mandate that employees must be vaccinated is the employer going to pay for it is the employee going to pay for it um are you going to give them paid sick days if they have any negative side effects from taking the job you Mm. know all these kind of considerations are things that employers should really sit down and and, and think when they're trying to assess a criteria, the criteria of fairness and how fair things will be for the employee and whether or not if they were to dismiss an employee, if the employee would have a case against them for unfair dismissal.
1: Some of the unions are concerned about um, employers trying to use this, this vaccination policy as a way to get rid of some, some, some employees. I mean, you might have a stubborn employee, one that, you know, in your mind isn't performing well, but you, you don't yet have legitimate cause to, 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 to dismiss that employee. But now, that same employee has luck with Habitat, has fate, my habits, boy, I'm not getting vaccinated. And all of a sudden, the employer licking, and he's <laughs> chopping at the bits, he said, Woo! <laughs> yeah. you, you don't know what good and now you don't want to get vaccinated <laughs> <Yeah. Drop-ins. laughs> you see so i think so many yeah. unions are concerned about that and then additionally to the point i was making earlier but it slipped me what i was saying is what about new contracts what if i'm just hiring a new employee can i mandate that this new employee be vaccinated before i hire them or is it discriminatory for me to say if you're not vaccinated you can't get a job
0: Right, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's a good question. That's something else that's, that's come up because obviously when you're looking at uh, discrimination laws and so forth, then you have to look to see whether or not any new hires if you're discriminating because unfair dismissal obviously only works for persons who are already working for you. So only they would be able to say, well, you know, I'm suing you because, you know, you're unfairly dismissed me. But where the discrimination comes in, like you say, is when you're vetting new hires or when you're taking, taking in new people and saying as a prerequisite to working with me, you must have you must have this vaccine so like in the uk um from my research i think they they were saying that based on the discrimination laws that it would not be wrong for an employee an employer to insist that you must be vaccinated in order to to get the job and they were again equating it to the things that um to situations where as a prerequisite in terms of you know being a diplomat who's working overseas or in a country that has malaria or prone to other outbreaks of diseases like you must be vaccinated before you even consider for your job they are likely mm. with that so i mean but if you even think about it simple things like language when you see something come out
1: and say well we're we putting out a thing for those who can't speak spanish and if you can't speak spanish you don't get to work." so i mean is that discriminatory i don't think so so you know <laughs>
0: yeah so you know they're likely to say well you know it's a, a requirement um you know again to keep the the staff safe the the work environment safe and it's just something that we require as a part of the you know our, our role here i mean some person will argue that okay well it's not a necessity to perform the role Are required to perform the role i mean certain industries they might be obviously in you know, the healthcare industry and in other industries where you have to constantly interact with customers and clients and so forth, then you would argue and say, well it is necessary because you're interacting with the public, you're interacting with people, you're taking care of people. You need to ensure that you don't spread COVID nineteen. But again, there's also the argument that the vaccine does not prevent you from getting it. And you know, there there are all these issues that crop up. But no discrimination for new hires. I don't I don't think that it it really fits into play. And I believe that employers could get away with saying that you know the the requisite before we hire you. So in relation to discrimination and discrimination claims that persons might have, you know, a lot of research in the UK and so. Obviously, it's an untested area. So a lot of persons uh, still feel as though will not be caught in any kind of discrimination suit. But obviously, they were suggesting, and I think it's important that employers. are are, again kind of you know keep it open in terms of fairness across the board and think about the practical effects and so forth practical considerations that it should have in mind so you should be making exceptions even if you were to go down that road you should be making exceptions for you know religious beliefs and uh, medical beliefs and things like that because there are a lot of things that um, you know, they're, they're sometimes described as Protected characteristics In terms of mm. discrimination claims So you know for, you know, If you refuse to be vaccinated just on religious grounds Or you know medical beliefs you, you don't like to, um, Yeah there are persons who don't get Blood transfusion because of needles mm, You know things you like know that witness. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean and that's yeah. an
1: interesting one too Because I saw in Trinidad I, I was reading an article um, About the, the What was it then one of the religious Mm. organizations they had come forward and said that they had done a a thorough investigation of of the vaccine and to make sure that it was consistent with halal um, practices and and preparation and so on and that none of the ingredients within the vaccine uh, would contravene their religious belief and and so therefore it was safe and when i saw that article like my i I had at the moment and i said wow i had not even contemplated the religious elements and the religious aspects of this thing because here we got them fellas looking at these people you know the you know the religion dictates that you know only certain things must enter your body and so on and so they, they have to do an investigation so I said where well, is said, ways boy so that was very interesting to me to see them come out and, and put out a statement because that particular religious community was hesitant to, to take the right. vaccine until until and the, the leaders came out and said listen this thing does not contravene our religious beliefs or practices
0: yeah exactly so when you when you again when you try to adopt a heavy-handed approach and just say you what? Know, i'm terminated i'm not hiring based on this like you need to have these considerations in mind because you know the court is going to look at it and see how you acted how you treated these things so Religious beliefs, I mean, you know, there should be an exception for that. Medical beliefs and things like that, there should be exceptions. So you can't just adopt one heavy-handed approach and just apply it wholesale across the board. Because, you know, one cap doesn't fit all, you know. So that's that's something that the employers need to be reminded of.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean I mean this thing this thing have I mean and I'm, I'm when I think about it there, it becomes kinda you kinda see the perspective of some of the governments, like our government in St. Vincent. I was reading today that over thirty-five thousand vaccines are going to have to be given away or donated oh, yeah, to other yeah, countries uh-huh. because persons you know the vaccine hesitancy is so high. The, per- the rate at which persons are getting vaccinated is so low the prime minister also mentioned that after this dose expires i think he said this this this, this dose is going to, this this batch is going to expire in august after that we're not scheduled or st vincent is not scheduled to receive any more vaccines under the covax facility for the remainder of the year so then where then are vaccines going to come from and right. so these are real concerns as a, as a leader um, of a country as you're trying to rope on your economy, as you're trying to make up, like I said, for the contraction in 2020, it, it becomes some real, you know, it becomes difficult. But at the same time, when I compare a uh, uh, St. Vincent and the Grenadines to a Barbados, where the Prime Minister has not, you know, has not taken a heavy handed approach in any way the public education campaign, it's a you know they mm. have they even had influencers and so on doing you know all those different other sort of things within there was, it was an actual campaign geared right. towards educating the, the masses and to getting them um interested in being vaccinated and so when I look at it from that perspective and I look at the efforts in St. Vincent to educate people they just don't compare and I mean I don't know if it's a lack of resources given the the ongoing volcanic eruption and, and and of course the displacement of people and people's focus on the va- on the vulca- on the volcanic eruption may not yeah. have helped the cause of vaccination um to, to begin with, but you know I, I, you, from one from one perspective you say oh well boy thirty five thousand vaccines is a lot to lose for a population of one hundred and nine hundred and ten thousand people and so you could kind of see the I don't want to say the motivation or you could perhaps see why did the government might want to take a heavy handed approach but from my from where I sit it certainly doesn't seem to be working
0: mm-hmm. yeah I agree um and even before even before the eruption and so I think just across the board across the region Vincent was having one of the lowest adoption rates of vaccines vaccinations you know early up you know and we I think we received we're one of the countries one of the islands that received uh, a batch from Dominica and, and so and still we were like on the lower end of persons who are getting vaccinated even Antigua with a, you know, a smaller population and so more persons were being vaccinated and other other islands with smaller populations will be more of them were being vaccinated and been sentient and I think the day I'm not sure the numbers, I think we have vaccinated or we have given out about 24,000 doses um I'm not sure how many people that that would be you know based on you know who first, got second first and second dose, dose yeah. and these things yeah but um I, I don't know why it is because i think today as well i'm not sure if you saw it but i um but um our prime minister as well is gonna be launching a lottery and they
1: are long yeah. time i tell them, they never do that long time yeah. they didn't <laughs> do the lottery day.
0: It, they they're walking at them i think it's land mm-hmm. yeah so we're giving yeah i think they're
1: doing land too they're doing right. the, what it was a ten thousand square foot or a quarter acre or something land they're doing this so and i depend. on that long time i telling them so because for a population i mean if you look at the persons who are vaccine hesitant these are the individuals for whom something like a piece of land would mm. be worth a lot or that would be a big incentive so i don't yeah. know why it took us so long to go in that direction you yeah, ain't bribing the people and them and so, but at the end of the day, look at the way things are going, and and I mean, and again, I think a lot of a, a lot of it has been because of the heavy handedness, or the heavy handed approach. Because one thing is it, like one thing with, per, with a lot of persons in general, I would do it now, but you see when you tell me I have to do it,
0: I <laughs> true, don't <true>. do it.
1: <laughs> yes, I don't true. doing it. Don't tell me I have to do it. Yeah, just because you, you tell me to do it, I ain't
0: doing it. Yeah. I,
1: don't, I don't doing it. you understand? And, and that's part of it. And we have to be real with, 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 with what, what what we're representing in the region. And I think the the, the the latter is a good idea. I think it may have come a little too late in terms of the expiration of the vaccines and so on. But I'm hopeful. And, and I think yeah. for St. Vincent as well, I, I mean, and it goes back to almost the structure of the economy as well, too, because... If you look at like a place, look at a place like Antigua and Barbados, where a lot more of the the, the employment is concentrated in, in tourism and hospitality, those individuals recognize and their families recognize that unless they're vaccinated, then those persons don't get to go back to work. Those persons don't get, don't get to go back to earning an income. Yeah. Right. But because our, our our tourism sector is what I would say is, is is burgeoning, it's not it's not quite there when compared to places like Antigua Barbados and so on. The, the percentage of persons employed within that sector, are you know, isn't as large as you would see in other countries. And for that reason, there isn't that push. I mean, if you look at Antigua Prime Minister Gaston Brunger, I said, listen, if you want to go back to work in the hotel, you have to get vaccinated, now. You understand? Mm-hmm. So that 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 I think that has played up a role in there in the sense that persons have started been going to work and living their lives more or less normally whereas in other places a lot of persons have lost a lot of persons have gone on the breadline. if you look at Barbados that paid out record unemployment insurance in 2020 you know the more, more than they've paid in, in three previous years in terms of unemployment insurance and so and a lot of that was was due to persons who were working in the tourism and hospitality sector and from the time you look at St. Vincent you say okay we don't have that many persons who are directly employed in that way because our tourism product is just taking off. Yeah, as you know, so that's a factor yeah. as well in my mind. Yeah,
0: and, and that's—I mean—that's something as well that our tourism minister has been trying to, to to hammer home because he's been saying, you know, we're just taking off, like you said, and we have on board coming on stream all these hotels, um, you know, we have you know beaches and uh, Marriott and all of that, but they will not come if most of y'all are not vaccinated so you need to go out and get vaccinated but like you said because you're not currently in it because the families and the breadwinners and currently in the tourism sector they probably aren't feeling as much as the other islands so they can't really relate and it doesn't probably incentivize them enough or the way it does in other islands whose um you know the very tourism product is in existence mm. and you know the economy is heavily dependent on it mm. but it's something i just want to s-
1: Mm. And I just want to say one more thing in terms of the tone. From, for example, our prime minister, and, I mean, PM Gaston Brown got some backlash from it as well. When the prime minister, or the leader, or the minister takes a particular stance in terms of the heavy-handedness, uh, it almost sets the tone for the public sector to, 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 to pursue similar policies. Huh? if the govern, if the prime minister is saying yes, you can dismiss workers, um, you know, if they're not vaccinated and, and so on. What does that say to the, to the to the to the private sector employers, for example? And I think that's a concern that we have to be mindful of as well. I mean, we don't want abuses of the labor code and the labor laws and so to manifest and so.
0: Yeah.
1: As much as from a legal perspective it might be interesting to see these things go to the court and so on. But in the meantime those persons that have been uh, dismissed, those persons are awaiting compensation until the outcome of the court case or the tribunal is, is, is forthcoming. So you know it still impacts people's livelihoods. So I mean all of these things are there, but I, I'm just I'm just mindful of the tone of some of our leaders in the region when it comes to vaccination. I mean my personal opinion is listen, everybody should get vaccinated. And I personally feel a sense of confidence when I walk into a business or an institution and they can say, listen, 95% of our staff or 100% of our staff here are vaccinated. I feel comfortable ordering food, you know, I mm, feel comfortable yeah. standing in line. I feel comfortable, you know, having a drink at the bar, knowing that these persons are vaccinated. And so from that perspective, you see a lot of these businesses are poised to, to, to start to regain their economic footing quicker. And, and so that would obviously motivate uh, the private sector um, to sort of, you know, mandate or try to mandate that the employees be vaccinated. And in my mind, it's only fair, because at the end of the day, you can't expect to, to earn a salary if your employer isn't earning um, a profit or isn't earning um, income to support employing you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, correct yeah i think obviously in in our countries that's where you're gonna see more of more of that where the employer is more minded to get things back to normal and to the way that we know it to be normal just because we don't have the kind of um you know platforms in place to ensure that work can continue as normal without being physically present obviously in americans where you know facebook and google have taken chances even after all of this to allow the employees to stay at home and continue to work at to work from home. You know, that's that's fine for them because they have that platform and they can't do that. So they probably don't even have these kind of concerns to say, well, we need our employees to be vaccinated and so forth because, hey, we have these measures in place to ensure that work can still be done and there is no drop-off in, you know, in, our, in our product, in what we do and income and so forth. But we don't have that kind of luxury here. So I, you know, I, I I take your point. I could see a lot of employers wanting something in place to ensure that things things can go back to normal and to ensure that profits can you know be back up and things can get back to normal. You know, um, but yeah, it's 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 something that that we have to you know tread tread water and lightly and and ensure that we don't just take a heavy-handed approach and you know listen to a podcast i think you recommended to me Dillian, with michelle russell a lawyer in Barbados, where mm. she was pretty much saying hey you know <laughs> if any employer if any employer you know um terminates you make they better make sure they have the money set aside as well because come mm. to me i will represent you you know <laughs> um you know i i, I i'm not um, a labor lawyer such like i wouldn't take that that approach but um but yeah, no, it, it's a good discussion that we're having across the region right now, and uh, you know, it, it's, it's interesting to see how these things unfold and, and, and develop, but I, I personally, I'm not even sure if you'd see anything come before the courts. I think employers are a bit hesitant in trying to, you know, jump the gun and do anything that might land them in some hot water, so I, I don't really see it coming before the courts anything soon. But yeah, it's, it's, it's something good to consider anyway.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, jadrick if if you don't have anything else to add, I feel that we can switch to the next segment of the party.
0: Yeah, no, I think we've, we've been on it long. Persons are probably getting tired, and um, they want to probably hear what we toast into. So, Delano, what what were you toasting to this week?
1: What were I toasting to this week, boy? I'm 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 toasting. Why raising my glass, boy. I would say, I'm toasting to Carrikan, and I'm I'm speaking specifically about two things one the the, the Prime Minister Gaston Brown who has decided um, to reduce travel taxes by 50% for Antigua and I'm hopeful if, if, that the rest if, if. of the, um, the region can move in that direction as you know Janet this is a passion project of mine oh, something yeah. that we've been working on for quite some time and we hosted PM Brown on a space recently where I was given the opportunity to, to, to quiz him. And, and his stance on, on interregional travel and taxes. And he indicated to me that he would then go forward and, and reduce the taxes, and he has. So I want to raise my glass to PM Gaston Browne and Antigua for, for sticking, standing true to their promise to reduce travel taxes. And I hope the rest of the region does it the same. And secondly, I want to raise my glass to caricom week which i believe it's it starts on the fourth uh, or so it's right. later this week or early next week they're celebrating caricom week and i'm all for caricom and regional integration so i want to raise my glass to that
0: yeah i could definitely raise our glass to that fully endorse that um i i want to raise my glass too like like we've said like we started off the podcast saying that a lot has happened <laughs> since you know during our hiatus and uh, uh, especially in terms of well, you know, a- across everybody across the region we know that we have experienced a volcanic eruption in St. Vincent and the Grenadines. And during that time a lot of a lot of groups came together, a lot of voluntary organizations came together. And they, they they showed up and showed out and i just want to raise my glass to the tremendous effort that everyone put in place and you know to ensure that persons who were displaced persons who didn't have much persons who needed any bit of help that they were um, properly catered to and it, it's a big act for private individuals to just to stop what they're doing and to now, even to, to, to sacrifice certain things themselves, you know, and give up their own water, give up their own clothing to come out and help those who are in a, you know, in not as good a position. And I uh, I just want to commend everyone who was a part of any of those voluntary groups or anybody who assisted in any way whatsoever during our um our eruption here in San Grandes.
1: we could definitely raise our glasses to that
0: well I mean Jarek it's been a pleasure
1: to be back I mean I missed you bro <laughs> it's just it's, you know it's, it's been a while so I hope that we can keep churning out um um episodes every week for the next 10 weeks you know 10 episodes in a season let's try to make this one even more memorable than last season
0: yeah definitely um hope that we can you know keep bringing you guys some good topics and like Delana said a weekly or at least you know every, as often as we can we're gonna keep going at the pace where you know you guys are gonna want to you know come up, wake up every um Wednesday or you know whenever we drop these and listen to our podcast and we're gonna make sure that we have some good guests as always like we have have been having for the past you know two seasons three seasons and interesting topics so uh again this has been episode one thanks for listening thanks for tuning in and as always have the lawyer jared cummings
1: and i'm delano de souza the policy analyst catch you next time